like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I'm Primal Piggy, and this is another in our Locktober podcast series. Today, we'll be looking at the metal monsters that have haunted history and the modern versions of what we adore, the female chastity cage. However, I won't be handing over a simple simple history lesson. This podcast will share a lot of what you need to know in order to safely get into this kink or at least have a better understanding of how it works. The modern chastity belt consists of an adjustable locking waistband and a secondary U-shaped band that fits snugly down the waist and over the genitals and anus. The purpose is to restrict the wearer from intercourse or seeking sexual release through masturbation. They can be worn for a little or um, as little as a few hours to months or years with allowances for safety related removal and regular hygiene. Now the famous sorry the infamous history of the female chastity belt is far too interesting to really skip over. We've all seen the illustrations, the museum examples, and the movie props. Metal belts with small holes to go to the bathroom and a key that the husband would keep when he went away. However, the most interesting thing about medieval chastity belts is they may have never existed. Current research reveals that any references to these devices might have been uh, sati- uh, might have just been sat- satire or allegory or simple misinterpretations of text. And all the ancient examples that we see in museums might have been made later on in or around the 18th or 19th century. How did the myth get so out of hand? Well, the main theory is that something so deviant, taboo, and sexual not to mention controlling, was far too easy to believe given other medieval behavior such as torture devices. So people just went with the concept. Considering the past and present oppression of women, it's totally understandable why some would, would wince at the thought of one of these toys. However, it's important to note that anywhere, male, female, trans, whatever, they can say no. There's a huge difference between BDSM and abuse. Any sexual restrictions or forcing someone to wear a chastity device out of jealousy or non-consensual control, that doesn't even fall within the realm of BDSM. Consent is a hallmark of all BDSM. You may not want or need to wear a device at all. Devices are optional to chastity. You can just as easily be in mental bondage with chastity as part of your power exchange relationship. Remember those cuffs and collars that you wanted to wear to feel submissive all the time? Now you can. Every time you sit down, shift positions, or even walk, you will feel the weight of the device as it moves with you. 
your desire for sexual release will also be poking out from time to time, along with the realization that you can't satisfy yourself manually or with a partner or partners. On the note of safety, it's also important to take extra caution with your locks. Make sure there's an extra key for you and the wearer uh, in case of emergencies. Also, before you lock things up, all participants need to know how to get out of the belt if a key is lost. And the proper tools need to be on hand or they need to be nearby. If you're nervous about padlocks or etc., you can look into disposable locks, which can be easy to get out of as grabbing a pair of scissors. Even zip ties, they'll do in a pinch. First, decide what kind of belt you want. Is it mostly for show and casual play, or do you want something more escape-proof or more hardcore, something that you're going to wear more long-term? Next, you need to collect accurate measurements so you can buy one that fits correctly and comfortably. Finally, you'll, you'll need to seek out reliable sellers that offer adequate product details and body-safe materials. This isn't something you want to buy on Alibaba or on uh, Wish.com. This is something that you want to buy from an actual, reputable, reliable seller. Also, there are several design choices or accessories to choose from. Things like additional leg or waist straps, decorative or functional chains, adjustable belt straps or sections that are removable, vaginal dildos or butt plugs, locking mechanisms or timer options. And you're in luck. Finding your belt measurements is way easier than the male counterpart. Granted, there are all many numbers you'll need to jot down, and you sh you should still be careful. But if you're off by a little a little bit, your belt will probably still be forgiving. Note: use a soft measuring tape, not not the metal ones that you use for building things. First, you want to measure your waist. Most cages will sit at the waistline, and they'll be the most comfortable and secure there. The waistline is at the same level as your belly button or in between the bottom of your rib cage and hip bone. Second, you'll want to measure your hips because some models might sit around the hips or will have a secondary loop for extra security or aesthetic purposes. If so, find your hip bone and measure the circumference like you would for your waist. You want to measure your crotch length. First, are you ordering a waist or a hip belt? Whatever it is, take one of your own belts and put it on at that level and make sure it's snug enough that's not going to slip around or move out of place. Next, take your measuring tape and hold one end on the front middle part of the belt, then run it through your crotch and up to the same spot on the back part of the belt. Next, you'll want to measure the front crotch, holding the measuring tape in the same spot um, as the last one. Run the measuring tape down to your vagina. Backside, run the measuring tape from the back middle part where you ended when you were measuring your uh, crotch length and measure down to your anus. Depending on the design, there might be more numbers to collect, but any decent shop will tell you what you need and how to do it, especially if you're going custom-made. 
For example, FancySteel.com has an in-depth guide as well as email support to help you get the correct fit. And just so you know, that isn't a paid endorsement. It's simply a good resource that we found that we're bringing to you that we think you might find helpful as well. If you're new to Chastity Play or any play that involves buying new gear, I always recommend buying a cheaper model first. It should still fit as well as possible, but if it turns out to be something you're not really interested in, you won't have wasted much money. Or if you end up loving it and want a nicer one, you'll be able to adjust your measurements and make sure the next one is even more comfortable. Some belts are easier to care for than others. Basically, the more doodads, nooks, and crannies it has, the harder it's going to be to clean properly. And like the male versions, you're going to have to contend with sweat and bodily fluids. This means two stages of care. You're supposed to clean your lady parts daily, so it shouldn't be a surprise that you have to clean you and your toy every day. Whether it stays locked on or not, it's up to you or your dominant or your key-holding partner. Clean thoroughly with warm water and soap, except around your vagina, which only needs a soft cloth and water. Things like shower gel and other soaps can contain harsh chemicals and scents. The same goes for vaginal deodorants and wipes. These additives can cause irritation, even irritation that can sometimes be mistaken for the dreaded yeast infection. All you really need is warm water and a washcloth, but if your brain really needs soap, find the most gentle, natural, unscented kind you can. The only soap, and only soap occasionally rather than daily. Next is an equally important stage, drying. Make sure everything is dried as completely as possible. Use a fan or possibly a hair dryer on the cool setting for those hard to reach places. Why? Well, ladies, we all know what happens when we combine long lasting moisture, sweat, and our crotch. For those of you who don't, we can say yeast and bladder infections. And that's an ouch that nobody wants. Uh, once a week, it's necessary, it's necessary to take off the belt and give your chassis device a thorough inspection. Give the hardware a deep cleaning. Get into all the tiny areas with Q-tips. Give it a disinfectant soak and hang in the sunshine for extra germ killing. Also, look over the wearer for any signs of excess chafing, irritation, or other possible problems. And as always, make sure things are 100% dry. If you or your dominant key-holding partner is of the mindset that the belt should not be removed during October, then a weekly, weekly cleaning needs to coincide with these events. If neither event will take place during a seven-day period, you'll still have to schedule an hour or two for thorough sanitation. If your dom or your partner is going to be away for an extended period of time, a weekly cleaning can take place over Skype or other media so they can observe. We live in the age of technology, after all. There's no excuse. Some doms and partners choose to exercise trust and allow weekly cleanings unsupervised if they can't be present. One final consideration is that it has been shown that people in isolation, for example, can experience a lack of sex drive if left over time. 
therefore continuing to have engagement between the person in chastity and their key holder is vital to keep the fun alive. No sex or stimulation forever would result in their sex drive drying up and make the belt rather useless. Kind of like trying to start a vehicle in a cold climate. It would take a lot of work to get the engine going again when it hasn't been used for a while. I am Primal Picky. Thank you for listening to this, another in our uh, Locktober podcast series. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. You can also find me as an admin of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that on Facebook at WCDT BDSM. You can also find us at our website, BDSMUnited.com. If you're listening on your favorite um, platform, because we're on a lot of different ones, if you're listening on your favorite Please leave a review, a like, subscribe, a follow. This is so that you can connect with us, but it's also so it also helps other adults find these BDSM resources. And uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, be sure to check the archives because we there's been a lot in this Locktober series, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again soon. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at DatingKinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.